Hello, friends, and welcome to World Build With Us, the podcast where we create fantastical worlds with help from you, our listeners. My name is Rob Hilfrey. I'm here with my co-host, Daniel Quinn and Courtney Staples. On today's episode, we have a longtime listener who we finally get around to doing one of their prompts for. That's right. We are doing a Diplo Raptor, and he has he's submitted several prompts to us thus far. Uh, So I'm going to read two of them out loud and we're going to go ahead and go from there. The first prompt is refugees are escaping a collapsing empire and they're entering a new region, sparking conflict between two previously established sides within that region. Uh, The second prompt is the empire is collapsing into disparate territories while a new type of magic is spreading like wildfire. And the reason that I am reading two prompts out, you're like, wait a minute, this isn't normal. And you're right. It's because we've decided to combine two of those prompts into one mega prompt, which we're going to be going and doing now. But before we get into today's episode, remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com, and submit a prompt by clicking on the radial button. If you want to email us the old-fashioned way, our email is worldbuildwithus at gmail.com. Of course, you can always follow us on Twitter over at Let's World Build. And if you want to join our Discord community, we've got a Discord link in the show of this very in the description of this very show. And then If you're feeling particularly generous, you can always give us money over on Patreon with a link for that also in the description. Click on the link, give us money or not. Either way, we're still going to build a world together. On to this episode. So we've got a a double prompt episode. Who wants to start us off with a tenet and get us focused in? Um, I can kick us off. So with combining these prompts and um, kind of treating the refugees as fleeing from this empire that has this new uh, new type of magic that's spreading, um, initially I thought of like sacrificial blood magic as something horrifying that would push people to leave, but then was wondering if that was maybe too obvious of an answer um so then thought for about you flipping. it would be your your go-to <laughs> is ritual blood magic yeah, so, yeah. That, that's that, that's the norm but um <laughs> so to switch that up a little bit uh i thought about flipping it around and making it resurrection magic that's the Ooh. new type of magic that's causing this um this refugee situation and kind of building on that like what if resurrection goes against the beliefs of this religious sect that is now mm. leaving um, like they they very much believe in the finality of death or think that once your spirit has passed on, it it should kind of stay wherever it's gone to. So to bring somebody back is extremely sacrilegious and they want nothing to do with that. So they have they've decided to leave the empire. That's interesting. That's very uh, it's interesting. usually. Yeah, usually resurrection magic or resurrection isn't something I mean, I guess it is frowned upon in, in cultures, but from a fantasy perspective, it usually yeah. is a good thing to be able to resurrect people. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Unless they come back as vampires, zombies, or Frankenstein's monsters, I would agree yes. with you. Yeah, yeah that could yeah. be bad. Yeah. That would be, I would I would call that not resurrection, but uh, returning Trans- on different terms. Yeah, that's a transformation, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So the people who are leaving, these refugees from this crumbling empire, they're pro-death, correct? That's what I'm hearing from you? Essentially, yeah. Or they think it's like the natural way of things and to change that is bad and shouldn't be done. 
Interesting. Mm -hmm. So these refugees are leaving because they're like, whoa, way too much life happening over in the crumbling <laughs> empire. Time to leave and come into this new. Okay, that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I can dig that. Um, so I, I've, I've kind of got one that may or may not uh, apply. And I want to get one of my tenets out early mm -hmm. because the tenet that I came up with was the refugees are responsible for awakening magic in people, items, and places, though they themselves are immune. Oh, interesting. So hmm. what I mean by that is they are essentially the reason that this new type of magic is spreading like wildfire, but not because they have, you know, like not because they're some kind of virus or something like that, but because they are awakening the magic themselves as they travel. And I'm curious as to whether or not we, how we can kind of pair this idea of like death magic with the idea of like them spreading a new type of magic around, hmm. but also being unable to use that magic themselves. So I guess there's a question of what, the magic is, I mean, clearly it's somewhat connected to this resurrection ability. So is it adjacent to it or is it literally the resurrection power? Well, I see, I don't necessarily want it to be like they're trying to escape from the magic that they themselves are responsible for. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, for some reason, I don't think that's necessarily what we want to go at. Plus the way that I said it is that the, the magic is awakening from their presence and it can be within not just people but things and places as well so i thought that that gave us some leeway with uh, in terms of like how magic would function and what type of magic it was even is it a magic that's the opposite of the empire's magic like a death magic see that's that's mm -hmm. what i was joking about before with courtney was like we have mm -hmm. death cultists got it okay yeah. but how do you awaken something by bringing death in some way like that's kind of what i'm I have a feeling yeah, that the Empire in in harnessing this resurrection magic has activated something else mm. that is in turn related to this death cult's power that's now spreading. Interesting. So, okay, so, so we can kind of relate the two together, right? So maybe mm -hmm. the old Empire is tapping into these people and using it as an engine to resurrect people. Oh, May so they, they have a power over death, yeah. Oh, um, just maybe that it's like these people are the death cultists are communicating with like the god of the dead or something like that. And mm. the empire is using that channel to kind of venture into the afterworld and pluck spirits back. That's cool. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. That actually goes with another tenet of mine, <laughs> but I'm going to shut up and let Daniel, because Daniel, you've got to come in and toss in your... One of your tenets. I want to hear what it is. <laughs> um, I guess I'll pick the weird one because I don't know how it'll fit and we'll have to deal with it. As reliable as Courtney is with bringing blood magic, I feel like <laughs> Daniel is just as reliable in adding some kind of weird fucked up rule. So, <laughs> so Daniel, go ahead and hit us with your, uh, just roll your 1d6 and tell me what random chaos prompt you or tenet you've given us this time. I had to, so I always have three in case like one of them gets fucked up and the other two seem to fit nicely with these. And I'm like, no, let's use the weird one. So <laughs> the weird one, 
<laughs> Weird one, I thought the refugees have the ability to blend in supernaturally, whether by changing their appearance or by doppelganging others. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and I find this to be rather strange. I don't necessarily want the refugees themselves to be fucking sinister. Uh, uh-huh. But I yeah, do I appreciate. <laughs> okay, sure. I mean, we do have death cultists, so that's uh-huh. fine. Maybe from nice a certain perspective. They are sinister. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. For, uh, again, the quote that we will never not use is from my from where I'm standing. The Jedi are evil, of course. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, so you've got a, a group of they just blend in really well. Is that it? No, supernaturally. So like maybe this is just throwing it out there. Like maybe the spirit world allows them to take on different faces. Maybe they can, mm. like I said, doppelganger, doppelgang. Maybe they can like um, replicate others um, to hide in them. Maybe they, they literally doppelgang people. I don't know. I don't care. But some, some mm. I, I'm interested in the idea of them doubling or duplicating others. Understood. That's- yeah, and that throws an interesting um, factor into them being refugees. Like, are they actively trying to assimilate into mm-hmm. whatever cultures they're kind of they've traveled into um, to sort of naturally embed themselves in there and not have to deal with being like the weird foreigners? Yeah, and I feel like we could play with themes of um, the fears we have about refugees, you know, and how mm-hmm. they relate to us. Yes, yes, definitely. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I was hoping as well. Yeah. Uh, so I suppose we have to get into the idea of like, well, what makes them different? Because you're suggesting that they look different with the idea that, you know, they have this ability to doppelgang, right. To to transform. Mm -hmm. So there, the implication there, as, as we always need to point out is that they do inherently look different or are different in some way that is noticeable. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. shall we unpack that and shall we get into fantasy races or do we want to get into these are human cultures and they just look different in that way? I don't know. I like human cultures for this. I feel like we could do some weird stuff. That seems like the fantasy races would be the easy way out. I agree. The, yeah. I, I think doing the hard part is my, it might be where it's uh, most interesting. Mm-hmm. Though I do have to say the first like fantasy race that came to mind was lizard people. So now we've got <laughs> lizard people infiltrating. <laughs> by... Oh my god! Okay, so we've got a we've got a culture of all humans within this kind of empire, right? Mm-hmm. And we've got a refugee group that are able to transform themselves in some way. They've also got the ability to awaken magical energies and people places and things around them but are unable to use them for themselves i'm thinking that we can kind of make them maybe the reason that they don't like resurrection magic is because the source of their magic is by using the spirits of the dead and so the resurrection that the empire is committing is weakening their source of magic in some way they are mm. spiritual animists in a lot of ways. Mm. Are they literally mm. stealing pr- the previous dead, like the souls of the previous dead, to resurrect others? Maybe. Um, like, are they drawing the, the spirit world to create new people from 
previously dead spirits. I could see that pissing off people yeah. who respect the dead. <laughs> yeah, that's what I had in mind. Like they're actively like reaching in there and pulling out the souls that I that they want to bring oh. back. See, I like that. I like that because now it also yeah, becomes like it also becomes a matter of like the haves and the have nots. If you are mm-hmm. loyal or rich knife to this crumbling empire, then there's no death for you. You just get put in the spirit world and then have your body put into or have your spirit put into another body upon resurrection. Mm-hmm. Question. Um could the refugees not be a religious, I mean, they probably are a sect that disagrees with this, but could they actually be some of the people who have been brought back who remember who they were? I think that we have to answer the question is, these people who get brought back, how well do they remember who they are? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they probably don't. And then maybe there's like a, f- a fluke or like there's a small group that do remember and they found a way to make people remember. I was under the opposite assumption that so, anyone who yeah. gets brought back remembers everything from their life. Oh, because it's resurrection. Mm-hmm. We're not like creating new people. Right, right. exactly. What, what, if, okay. what if we throw in um, reincarnation? What if we throw in a reincarnation factor into it? So in like the natural scheme of things, souls would reincarnate, but they wouldn't have those past memories. But what this new resurrection magic does is um, by yanking them so suddenly out of the spirit realm, they end up with not only their most recent lives memories, but also past ones. Well, that's what, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, what yeah. if you're pulling from the spirit realm? You're not grabbing the. I mean, you're bringing a person back to life, but mm-hmm. the way you're the way you're drawing the power is by using other people's souls that are in the spirit realm that did mm-hmm. that, that, that mm-hmm. did pass on. Mm-hmm. So, like, if I'm bringing mm-hmm. back Jane to do that, I need to like suck the souls of like Bob, George, and Sam, yeah. and that will bring back Jane. But now those people are glommed onto Jane too. Secretly, yeah, I like that. I like that version. Interesting. Well. I think now is a good point where we can transition into my second tenant. And I do want to jump ahead here because I think that uh, it might kind of clarify things a little bit. Uh, My second tenant is the original empire, the one that's currently crumbling, has actually spread itself across multiple planes of existence. And I mean, elemental axiomatic plane. Mm. So it could be plane of fire, earth, air, law, chaos, ethereal plane, what have you. I'm thinking like traditional D and D spheres here. Mm -hmm. And they've done that by controlling and maintaining magical gates. So they have an empire that spans different planes. Maybe it's not necessarily the largest physically, geographically speaking, but the fact that it is, it exists among different planes. I thought that was an interesting concept Mm-hmm. And when uh, when we're approaching it this way, part of me thinks that one of the planes that they have access to is perhaps the plane of the dead. Yeah, I okay. I feel like maybe that was like their final conquest in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like they they had gone to the more sort of physical realms of fire and water and so on, and um, but their their ultimate goal was the realm of death, and they finally reached that. So it seems like they, if we make this physical, they, they've achieved power over fire, power over earth, whatever other realms, and they wanted power over death. And so when they bring someone back, 
like they're literally plucking people from that mm. space and stuff to, to as as fuel to bring back someone who died. So like I guess it began to follow the example I had like if Jane dies before she's transferred to this realm of the dead, they they sacrifice several people in the realm of the dead to prevent her from her soul from leaving her body, but they've they've destroyed Bob, Joe, and Mary in order to do that from the realm mm. of the dead. Mm-hmm. I think that there's something that's kind of interesting in the journey back as well. You know, like maybe we can, maybe if we consider this in terms of like Dante's Inferno, Mm -hmm. it's not levels of hell, but like levels of planes of existence get that get to death as the final, as like the core or the bottom of the well, Mm -hmm. essentially. Mm -hmm. And so I like what Courtney was saying is that they've had to they've had to conquer these different planes of existence surrounding these. And maybe there is like a specific reason for that. And the reason was to get to death. You know, like there is a course that they had to chart in order to get there. Mm -hmm. Oh, so then maybe the when you're bringing someone back, you're like physically going to that place and carrying them over the threshold. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so then how do we factor in? like sacrificing others in the realm of the dead to have that power. Oh, Daniel, I don't know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious, like how would that work? Like vis- physically? Cause I like the idea of like, you're getting on Karan's boat, you're going across the sticks, you're getting them out of the, getting the person who died out of the realm of the dead and bringing them back. But we added the factor of like, to be able to do that, you have to sacrifice someone else in the realm of the dead. And you have to physically travel there as well. Mm-hmm. Maybe you put you have to bring back a certain number of people, including that person. And when you pass through the threshold, only one can come through. I don't know. What were you going to say? Maybe, maybe there is. Uh, maybe the group of refugees are essentially ferrymen. Maybe they're the cast of people who are capable of traveling to the realm of the dead and coming back. And oh. maybe mm-hmm. the the way that they find out who is able to do that is by sending a number of people, like very unscientifically, just sending massive groups of people to go and find them and then come back. Do they live in the realm of the, or they maybe, do they live outside the realm of the dead? Or they're so, part of it, so I guess? I think the, the way that I'm kind of processing this is the Empire says, okay, we need Lord Imperius Seventh back because he has this knowledge that we need from him. Mm. But we don't know who is able to travel back and forth between them. So we're going to send this group of 50 to 100 people to the land of the dead. And then they don't come back because mm-hmm. they're they're incapable of doing so. And so those who are who are capable of traveling back and forth are the ferrymen. They are the people who are capable of traveling between the worlds. And uh, the, the Empire figures this out purely by a numbers game they've got hundreds of people maybe one will come back you know so that's the power that's the power right interesting and then so it's when you say they're sacrificing other people they're sacrificing them by just sending them there without a rope there's no way to come back from it and there's no way that they can learn and unless they get these people already and so So maybe the rest of the question Maybe the refugees are the people who are able to come back. And they're like, we've seen this. We understand the process and we refuse to take part in it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And because so they've why traveled do they have that through, power? I, I was actually just about to get to that, Daniel. Oh, okay. Okay. And because, 
right? So we've, we've already discussed that you have to get to the land of the dead by traveling through all of these different gates. Maybe they pick up this spiritual or this mystical energy that, that carries with them from realm to realm to realm. And by the time they get back, they're essentially radiating this energy, right? It's, it's the stuff of all of these planes of creation have just kind of stuck to them. And so that's why they're also able to awaken things in other people is because they're carrying the residue of all the other elemental planes on existence. And they don't know it, but they're leeching this energy off into things that are like just waiting and begging to be awakened. That's really cool. I like that idea a lot. I don't know if I understand that. So so they, the, the empire exists be above these realms, right? All of the ones they've unlocked. All right. So imagine that the way that I'm looking at it, right, is imagine Dante's Inferno, right? Where you have the nine levels of hell. And at the very top, there is the earth realm, right? There is the, there is the material plane. And then each mm-hmm. realm you go in a little bit further. And the second you're in like the ethereal plane, which is limbo. And then the third plane is like the plane of fire or the plane of ice or the plane of water. And you go deeper and deeper and deeper until you get to the very bottom of this elemental well, which is the land of the dead. So by people traveling from gate to gate to gate to gate, they're picking up magical residue as they travel from each place. Because it's not like they can go from level one material plane to level nine land of the dead. They have to make the the pilgrimage, the journey through all of these different planes of existence. And so maybe what the empire does is they're like, it's a numbers game. We're going to send X amount of people down to figure out who can travel to and who can travel back and forth between these realms of existence. And so there's an infinitesimally small amount of people who can make the journey all the way down and all the way back from the material plane to the dead and back. And what they do by traveling through all of these planes is they gather an immense amount of residual energy, magical energy, just by traveling the planes themselves. It's almost like um, like they're gathering a contaminant on on their body well, as they walk through and eventually yes. it would spread elsewhere. Why yeah. do certain people... You send 15 people through, they all gather this mm. residue as they pass through all the gates and come back. Why do you like out of the 15 to survive or come back? Is it just incidental? Yeah. we. I mean, yeah. we can literally say that they're just marked with a certain thing. It, it, it. There can be no real rhyme or reason. We can, as Clark would put this, we can make it kind of a soft magic system in that regard where we don't mm. really know the reason why they can come through. And then maybe, you know, like once this you know, like series become successful, we can later say that it's because of midichlorians, you know, like whatever the reason. <laughs> See, that, that's less satisfying to me because it doesn't have any narrative explanation. Well, like, if you can give me random. something, if you can give me something with narrative, I'm totally down with it. But like the yeah. idea that there are these people, there are the ferrymen, those who are able to travel to and back and forth and whatever. Mm-hmm. That's really- I like the ferrymen and I love yeah. the gates and the passageway. I'm just trying to think what's what's a satisfying narrative reason that certain people survive the journey back. Like if this I, if this if this were a scientific more scientific I say sci-fi, I would lean towards sure incidental makes sense because we're dealing with like science in a sense and that's kind of random. But in mm-hmm. a fantasy world, I'm expecting some kind of magical explanation, you know, that mm-hmm. that thematically ties it up. 
I mean, as sort of a scientific explanation, I was picturing it as just some sort of genetic mutation that makes them immune to things that would otherwise kill most people. Um, but in in this particular world, maybe they're seen as being touched by a god. Uh-huh. That's like maybe kind of the god of death has sort of favored them. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it has something just... to do with their ability to transform and doppelgang into other people. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because as Daniel was saying, one of the things that these refugees has is the ability to change. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what allows them to travel so easily from place to place, from realm to realm. So really, they're just a different race of people than the Empire. But but like with a sleeper cell, they're, they're kind of like X-Men where they're <laughs> part of humanity, but like you couldn't tell until a certain point, you know, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, does yes. that satisfy Daniel? No, I mean to me that's no different than saying they they're um, randomly it's a, literally a random mutation. Is what you're saying? <laughs> so it's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I just it just doesn't it doesn't appeal to me as much in a fantasy story. I could see that working in a superhero story or in sci-fi. Maybe this is a sci-fi. We don't know. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't like when we were talking about, for example, um, the power is rationalized because you're sacrificing other souls in the realm. And so now they have their doppelganger abilities, say, because they have these other personalities that are trapping them. That has a rationalization that comes from the narrative, whereas this is random. Like, it's kind of like Harry Potter. Like, he is that way because he's the chosen one. So I, I suppose the question becomes, like, what outside of random blood mutation, what are the other aspects? What are the possibilities that we could explore here? Oh, no, yeah, I, that's, I, yeah, that's what I mean. Like, I wonder, can we spitball a few other options besides random mutations? That's the first obvious one, I think. Because then they're kind of like the Dune people, like they're genetically different. You know, they they have this, so that makes sense that they're that's that's a random mutation or it's it's predetermined. But what are some other options that deal with like souls and the spirit world and all that? That's what I'm trying to think about. Um, well, what are the options? I mean, the options the the way that I see it, right, is that you are able to travel through these gates for one. You've got a genetic variation. Rather, let let's figure out this way. It's not that you can't travel through, like anyone can travel all the way through. Mm-hmm. It's traveling back. That's the issue. Right. right. So From the what is the it? Yeah, right. So what makes it harder to travel back than it is to travel forward? And Maybe you me, have to die to pass through the realm of the dead. Interesting. And so, oh, yeah, so how is that? Yeah. Okay. And so how does that work exactly? So you get all the way down to the bottom mm-hmm. where... You're at the gate of the dead and then you just die or they kill so you like, and then toss your body in. Like, how does that work exactly? Oh, I'm thinking like, okay, maybe each of the gates, you have to give something up. Like you pass through fire. You have to give up your passion. You pass through, um, I don't know, the, some other realm and you give up some other metaf- metaphorical, metaphysical thing about you. And when you get to the final gate, you give up your body. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's your death. So then there's the quite like you're asking, okay, well then how do I get back? And that's and then you, you're a ferryman. They're the ones who are able to get back. So I'm thinking. You, you see why random mutation sounds so much better, Daniel? <laughs> I know, but it's too easy. That's the problem. The, yeah, the sacrifice is... thing. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead, Courtney. Oh, just the sacrifice thing um, makes me think of this Sumerian tale. Um, Inanna's descent or Ishtar's descent into the underworld where mm. the goddess... Um, descends into Urkala, which is the the kind of realm of the dead or the underworld in that mythology and 
um, she has to pass through, I think it's like seven gates and in, at each Ooh. one she has to like take off an item of clothing or something that she yeah, has. Like so that. by the okay. end she's nude and uh-huh. um, I think that, I'm trying to remember, I think it makes her like powerless in a way and her sister Arishkigal, who's the queen of the underworld, ends up like killing her at that point because oh. she's she can do that now. Mm. But just made me think of the uh, the crossing through the different realms and like sacrificing something of yourself at each at each one. Okay, it's like the opposite of what Rob's saying, like you're discarding something rather than accumulating magic, right? Well, maybe it's maybe it's a, a give and take process where you shed something, but then as a return, you receive something else, even though you're not necessarily aware of it. Maybe you become a, more, pure, more pure, the more you shed off your material self. See, now I think that we, with this concept, right, we mm. can now take the idea that we have and directly apply it to the religious aspect that Courtney was talking about before, right? Where maybe at the top level, these People, these agents of the empire, they start out as zealous, you know, like mm-hmm. we are diehard for the empire. We're loyalists, you know, like they're nationalists to the extreme. And as they literally plumb the de- as they continue their spiritual journey, that mm-hmm. they become more holy, more religious. They figure out the ways to get to and from each gate. And it's, it's like a spiritual thing. And so by the time they are able to travel to and from the realm of the dead, their entire perspective is changed. So there you, you go. Can, yeah. So mm-hmm. you can't have someone who's a vicious nationalist who mm-hmm. has the ability to travel freely. It's like you have to undergo this spiritual journey with a respect and earnest admiration for the land of the dead in order to travel to and from. So they're, they're not, this is, so then going back to the point, I think this resolves it. So instead of selecting 15 people at random and then some of them survive, it's certain people who have the greatest faith in this process, who go through this process, become more pure, go to the realm of the dead, give up their body, then return and all of that. And they actually are different now. And that's why they're the ferrymen. So it's, mm-hmm. it's not like a genetic aberration. It's actually a matter of you're conforming yourself to this belief system to be able to go through all these gates. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that the empire starts out not understanding this process. Mm-hmm. And then by the time they do, and by the time they're able to uh, start using this resurrection magic, that's mm-hmm. when you see, and maybe this is why the empire starts to crumble is because they've spent all of this, this time and energy and resources and, and figuring this. out this resurrection magic only to have the people who are capable of doing it walk and like walk away from the empire because they recognize that it's such a perversion of the process yeah. that they've spent mm-hmm. decades understanding and learning and whatnot. Yeah, because you have these yeah. people who go through a Buddhist process and then come back with the, the people they want to have resurrected and they realize, I, I brought this guy back for the material concerns of the empire. I went through all the suffering to get yeah. to the realm of the dead, giving up my mm-hmm. body. I came all the way back, brought back your, your general or whatever. Your concerns don't matter anymore to me. And so the ferrymen eventually get fed up and they, they exodus from the yes. empire. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think there's probably a small, like a quiet core of ferrymen who leave mm-hmm. and they become the refugees, right? Yeah, um, that makes sense. But and so it, it is interesting because the the refugees that we're talking about here, you assume them to be many, many people, right? Um, but is that necessarily the case, or is it just a bunch of people led by these folks who led by these like ferrymen who are oh, like, I like that? 
It's yeah. it's now a religious pilgrimage. So it's like you yeah. start with the ferryman and then they gain this following and they're mm. like, follow us. We're, we're, we don't know where we're going, but we're leaving. And so right. their followers, as their, as their followers continue to walk with the ferryman, that's when you notice this, this, you know, uh, magic start to spread like wildfire amongst the followers. It's because they're still, mm-hmm. they're absorbing the energies that the ferrymen have leached off, you know, or bled well, off. And you have more flexibility too now because they travel through all these planes. So they have more powers beyond just death magic, right? The ferrymen. Well, they picked up stuff as they travel through. Not according to my tenet. The tenet is they can't utilize any of the magic. They're only able oh, to awaken it. Well, oh, no, 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 they're, they're not able to utilize any of it. They're just able to oh. awaken it in others, which I think- Oh, maybe been, in their followers, their refugees. Yeah, followers. exactly. That's exactly yeah. what I'm saying, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so what I think is interesting from a religious aspect and a spiritual and a power aspect is that they can't directly utilize the powers that they have gained. They can only use it to awaken and help others. I think mm-hmm. that that from a religious leader is a really interesting point of view. Mm-hmm. So then how do we deal with the doppelganging <laughs> or changing their appearance? I don't fucking know. Maybe they just found out that when they got to the land of the dead, that they can like their form is immutable or their, their for, or rather their form is mutable. And they're like, whatever, I can just change shape because I had to give up my body. And so I'm just a walking spirit now. Mm-hmm. There we go. So the, the ferrymen, because they've given up their body, can assume the appearance of anyone who's died. That's the there only power they have. And we've still got two tenets left, Daniel. There we go. <laughs> there we okay, go. Okay, now it's all it's all wrapped up in a neat bow. I'm satisfied. Uh, now it all, it's all I'm good. Su- I'm physically happy. sweating. It's like 50 <laughs> degrees and I'm sweating. We did it. Uh. I think we tied it all up nice and neatly. It's nice. <laughs> okay, <one>. yeah. <laughs> now, now someone's going to come in with two more tenets and be like, I don't fucking know. Now there's unicorns and shit. What's, yeah, Courtney, yeah. What's, what's your next tenet? Hit me with the next tenet, Courtney. Okay. Um... So one of the parts of the prompt was that the the people currently in the land that the refugees are traveling to, there's going to be a conflict between groups there. Um, so I was thinking that once the refugees get there, maybe one side wants to cast them out and get rid of them, and another side wants to embrace them and bring them into their culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that would kind of create a, whether it's within one civilization overall that that uh, conflict is happening or if it's sort of um, different city states or countries that are having this disagreement. Okay. I like that idea. I like the concept. Here is, here's the issue that I take with that though, mm-hmm. is that from there, you're basically just creating a, a two-sided system, right? Where there's the, we want you out or we want you in. And I think that the prompt or or one of the stipulations within the prompt itself was that there's a three-sided kind of conflict with that. Right. Right. But that, I mean, the third side could be whatever the refugees happen to want. Right. But I mean, like the, the issue that I suppose I'm, I'm seeing here is Mm -hmm. that how are they not immediately on the side of the people who want them in? And what I'm thinking is that maybe the people who want them want them because they can use them for yeah. power for power yeah, so mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah exactly that way we can have this kind of like well these people accept us but they're only doing so because they want to use us right mm-hmm. yeah oh no oh no God, i'm cutting <laughs> this this is just the u.s border crisis yes holy <laughs> fuck oh What's wrong with no that? this fantasy genre speaks to current issues so that makes sense 
Yeah. Oh, God damn it, you guys. I mean, like, okay. so, so, and then it makes me think, okay, the ones who don't want them there, um, it must in some way threaten their way of life, or whether it actually does or not is, is a matter of, uh, is, is a moot point. But so if, I assume the empire fell apart because people paid too much attention to the spiritual world and to immortality, mm-hmm. essentially, right? Mm-hmm. They, they stopped paying attention to keeping their roads up and feeding people. They all they cared about is building these ferrymen who could bring back the dead. So maybe, you know, this other, this other culture that they're descending to has heard the preaching of the ferryman and they're like, we don't want that. We don't want to fall apart like the empire did. Get your people out of here. Uh, So that's the kind of Mm -hmm. opinion they might have. That's actually really interesting because I like the propaganda aspect where, or it's Mm -hmm. not even necessarily propaganda, but just straight up misunderstanding. It's like, well, we see these people as the reason for the collapse of the empire and we're a fairly upcoming empire. We don't want Mm -hmm. you here. That totally makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Another piece of it could be that um, the group that doesn't want them to come is somehow very attuned to magic so that they can sense that there's some sort of magic leeching off of these new people and they can recognize like, oh, we don't we don't want that here. Like it's going to corrupt our our civilization or it's going to change our own magic in some way. And they they don't want the refugees in there for that reason. Maybe. Maybe these people are in a majocracy where those who are able to wield magic are those who are in power. And these people who are coming in, these refugees who are coming in, who literally grant and awaken magic all around them is a direct threat to their power structure. So they, they, we know the magic comes from the thresholds between realms. From the ferrymen themselves as well. Yes. Right. So, because that's how the ferryman got the power. So right. do you have the mages found a way to tap into or this other faction, tap into that, the planes themselves, like a different way of knowing them? Well, it could be a different type of magic entirely as well. We can, mm-hmm. we can consider that maybe to bring in Courtney's love of blood magic. Maybe these folks are utilizing a darker type of magic, something that requires sacrifice or maybe they mm-hmm. are, maybe they, maybe they get their magic power straight from the gods. You know, like there's a number of different options that we have here is that these refugees are representing a new way of magic that mm-hmm. is completely antithetical to what they've been practicing their entire life. Again, thus creating like a, a threat to the power structure that's currently in the system. Yeah, I think that works well. So I suppose the question now becomes what kind of magic does this majocracy now kind of wield? And Daniel, do you have, well, let's, let's finish Daniel's final tenet. What is your final tenet? So we can kind of spread out and kind of work our way around the world from there. Um, This may help. Um, So the refugees have taken with them something highly unstable, dangerous or sacred from um, wherever they went that will accelerate the empire's collapse. So, Hmm maybe that could also impact this place they're going to as well. Isn't, isn't that just the ferryman? No, I think that accelerated the collapse of the empire by proxy. Like, like you're saying, it wasn't really the cause. It's because the empire neglected itself for its spiritual concerns. I'm thinking they actually brought something back from the other realm, mm-hmm. from the realm of the dead. That's a problem. Okay. Maybe, uh, maybe it's, 
the way that they were able to commu- to travel through the gates. That's what I was thinking too. Like yeah. they took some integral part of the, like the gates or whatever throughway it is, oh, which has now destabilized that whole system. Can we just say that they brought the gates themselves? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. they, they not only like, not only did the ferryman leave, but they also took what I imagine to be like sources of, of immense power by bringing these gates with them as well. Could it be not a gate, but a, a vehicle? Or maybe a key. Maybe that, yeah. maybe they brought keys that allows them to travel. Yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Like, I wonder, like, maybe the Empire created something that lets them penetrate each of these circles, right? But it could yeah. be either like an object that you're saying or a means of travel. And they stole that from the Empire when they, when they refugeed out. Yeah. And I mean, like, who are you going to give these keys to the elemental planes to, but your most trusted ferrymen. And then Mm -hmm. when the ferrymen revolt, you now lose all of your access to your elemental planes. And I mean, obviously you were gaining a lot of material wealth and power from those places. So when they leave, I I can imagine them like walking out in a, like, like seven monks or eight monks or however many sacred numbers we want to give them each with a key hanging around their neck and they just walk out in unison. Mm -hmm. And then the, the empire is like, wait, what just happened? Oh, wait, we can't access the gates anymore. Oh, (laughs) yeah. 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 Absolutely. I imagine then that they're definitely going to be hunted down by the empire. Mm -hmm. Mm, mm. Yeah. So now we have a fourth person in the conflict as well, which is the mm. pursuant empire's army. You know, it's crumbling, mm. but it still has a lot of that power. So yeah, now we've got like a four-sided conflict and that's way more interesting as well. I'm, I'm totally well, here's a thought. Here's a thought. Um, Cause we have elemental planes and a plane of death, right? And there are keys associated with each one. What if the empire is an empire because it took the keys from the other factions? and gave them to the ferrymen. And so when the ferrymen return to the other, the rest of the world, those mages, which maybe they've clung to their power because they once had access to a key to one of the planes, That's they cool. see them as a threat because they're like, oh, I can get my keys back, you know? Oh, yes, yeah, maybe they became, yeah. yeah, like like you said, Daniel, they became an empire by mm-hmm. collecting all of the keys, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And that's the reason that they even decided to conquer in the first place. Mm-hmm. It's like, wait a yeah. minute, these keys are all part of a set? Oh, we've got to find more of them? Exactly. All right, got you. No problem. And then it's kind of like an accidental empire. Like, whoops, we had to become despots because we had to get these keys because no one else was willing to give them to us. (laughs) They probably started with the key of death, which they realize is the bottommost plane and they need all the other keys to get there. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm down with this for sure. Mm -hmm. So I can imagine, you know, the ferryman head over to whatever the Firelands were and the the old mages there who are clinging to whatever remnants of power they had when they had their key are like, well, we need to get that key back, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. I like the, by the way, I, I mean, I, I love this idea. I'm totally down with it. I want to like kind of needle at something. I think it's more interesting to start with the first plane, like the people who are uh, more... Because if you start with death, like they can't access it, right? So mm-hmm. there, to me, I, I feel like it makes more logical sense to start at the top 
And then once they recognize that they can have access, that's when they're like, oh, we're just going to be super greedy. We're just going to go ahead and find all the other keys. That to me makes more sense from an empire building standpoint, because Mm -hmm. if you have a key that does nothing or like a key that, you know, allows for eventual access, that is less, I think, of an incentive for an empire to go out and conquer that because that to me is like, oh, well, that's a spiritual thing. I'm one with the void. I mean, unless they know what it does and they realize that that key means immortality and then they're like, well, we need all the others then. That's the most important key. But how do they know that without direct access to that first plane? That's why I think if you flip it, it makes more sense. Oh, um, maybe it was like they had access to both the first and the last one. Oh. So they knew okay. that there was something missing in between. And over time, they kind of, as they conquered, they realized just how much was in between and how, how far they had to conquer. That I can get you, behind. Yeah, that you I could say even behind. like their the first empire they conquered had the first key. They didn't, weren't even, they didn't know about keys at all. Mm-hmm. But in yeah. a vault somewhere, they had an ancient key that is the key of death that they never understood its power. But by acquiring that first key from the first empire they conquered, because they're, you know, they're they're a country that conquered a neighboring nation. Mm-hmm. They yeah. realized the connection between the two. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's yeah. the dawn of realization that, oh, these are keys. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's the fact that they don't look like keys initially. Maybe they're just items right. of power until yeah. it's like they're brought together or something like that. And then yeah. that starts to happen. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Look at how much history and world building you just did. That was not okay. makes sense. It magically yeah. makes sense. <laughs> Okay, and, and not only that, but this is this is our my first time world building since my vacation. We're shaking <laughs> off the rust. Honestly, mm-hmm. this is pretty in depth, and I'm super down with it. So I'm, yeah. I'm totally here for it. Okay, yeah, I'm a big fan of this. Yes, so because I can see this being a game to play in. Because now you got you've mm-hmm. got a magic system built into it that has some diversity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now of course we have to figure out what the rest of the planes are, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not like I said, it's not just elemental where it's you know you've got and not only that, right? Like we tend to approach this as there's the four elements, which is a fairly right. westernized Standard. view of things. But you can also look at things like there's the Chinese elements, which also include wood and metal and stuff like that. So the idea that we can incorporate any number of different material planes. That to me is really interesting, which can is we why do that it, for our faction thing, I think we can, I oh, think yeah. we can, oh, cool. where instead of a faction, we introduce a new plane and then mm-hmm. maybe yeah. bring out part of the faction within that. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. And the thing that really breaks my heart is that now we have to roll a twist and see how oh, no. this whole idea gets fucked up. It's yeah. The anime. It's not good. <laughs> I mean, if it's anime, it's anime, Daniel. Also, okay, I, anime. I know, Daniel, but it's okay. All right, so let's go ahead and roll the dice and see what our twist is going to be. So the twist is, quote unquote, Big Brother is watching. (laughs) Weird. It's a little strange. Okay. Okay. So that will do it for this episode of World Build With Us. A big thanks again to Raptor over on Discord and email and all that other stuff for submitting his prompts and... And remember that if you want us to build your world, you can always go to our website, worldbuildwithus.com and click on a submit prompt button and we will build your world. 
Uh, and if you want to follow us on social media, we're over on Twitter at Let's World Build. You can come join our community over on Discord. And if you're feeling particularly generous, you can always give us money over on Patreon. That will do it for this episode of World Build with us. Remember that we love you very much. It's so good to be back and we will see, get through this together until next week.